Hello and welcome to the big topic in women's MMA. Frank Posen here along with Schwan Humes. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. All the fights we talk about, I post them up on the blog usually the day after the fight happens. Uh, so let's start with last Saturday here. First of all, we had uh, Mayra Buena Silva uh, beat um, uh, Yuanan by a unanimous decision. This was a bantamweight. Mayra uh, said after the fight that she would be staying at bantamweight, that she fought at bantamweight before she was at UFC. Uh, I'm just going to say that I didn't like the fight very much. Uh, it got fight of the night for some reason, which I don't understand why. And I just didn't care for the fight. I think you went in, uh, is not a UFC caliber fighter. Maybe she should go back to China. Uh, you know, and uh, I don't care for Mayra either. This fight does not mean that she can beat better fighters. Yeah, um, Wu Yanan, she's a UFC type athlete. The problem with her is she does not have enough time developing her, her all round skill set. She's a good striker, fast hands, fast feet. She's physically tough, but because she knows she's sub she's subpar in grappling and wrestling, she can't really open up on the feet. She can't really get comfortable because she knows that if she misses a shot or she, she hangs in the pocket too long, she'll get tied up. She'll get worn down. She'll get taken down. She might get submitted or ground and pounded. Even though she held her own in some grappling exchanges, it tired her out. Her footwork and her, her de defense and her tremendously after that. So she needs more work on the game. She needs like a year, year and a half of nothing but developing her grappling, her wrestling, and learning how to interact her striking with her grappling or wrestling. For Silva, I'm just going to say this. She had an opponent where she had all the advantages of. She's fought better opposition. She's got better skill set. Um, she's faced better athletes. And even with all those advantages, it, even though it was a pretty dominant win, at no point was she close to finishing on the feet, even on the ground, even with the wrestling. At no point was she was just clearly dominating in control. She was just outworking and a lot putting the pressure on her opponent. She didn't really dominate technically. So if you can't dominate against somebody who might be a good athlete but is tremendously underskilled and inexperienced, that's a sign that this may be how good you can be. The only reason she wants to move up in weight is because she's known, she knows she's not athletic enough and dynamic enough to compete at a smaller weight. What she's hoping that is with her experience and her skill set, she can compete with bigger but ultimately worse athletes. And she'll probably put two or three wins together, but she's nowhere near elite and she never will be. Okay, let's go on to this because I, I, like I said, I just hated this fight. And the second one, you're, I didn't like this one either. Honest. Sorry, I said you're very honest. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like this one either. The Panny Kianzad beat uh, Lena Landsberg by unanimous decision. I didn't like this fight either. Lena is forty years old. For God's sake, she needs to retire. She just had a baby. Go raise your family, for God's sake. She's I'm not terrible. Here. She's a terrible fighter. Sure. I don't think she. I yeah. don't think she's terrible. I think she's just limited. And given the late start she had into mixed martial arts and the style of fight she is, if she was more of an on your toes, stick and move, long distance fighter as a striker, she'd have much more success. But she's a clinch fighter, which means she's wanting to get into the spots where these grapplers can match her or possibly overwhelm her if they're big enough and strong enough. So her style doesn't translate as easily to mixed she's on the physical decline so she doesn't have the explosiveness or the power she used to have so against lesser athletes 
She can grind out wins. She can beat them up. She can bully them. Against bigger, stronger athletes, she has a hard time and often gets outworked and outpositioned. That's that's really all that's to it. Panny, I found nothing out new about her. I knew she can fight at pace. I know that she'll attack you at every range. I know she's big and she's strong and she'll wear you down. That's all she did again. I saw no real technical growth. You can tell me her long-range striking looked better, but it was, it was against somebody who's not very good at long-range striking. She'll say, I'll be the world-class striker. You beat a world-class clinch fighter and inside fighter. You didn't beat a world-class fighter at range. So I learned nothing about Kanzet. I still don't know if she's a contender. Probably not. And if, if Lita wants to fight, I'm not going to tell her she, not, she, she can't, but she has probably reached as far as she's going to go as a fighter. Not to sound like a broken record, but I hated this fight, too. I, I, just, I just hated it. All right. So let's go on to the third one, and that was we had Sam Hughes beat Estella Nunez by unanimous decision. Sam was basically looking to save her job. She moved down to Fortis MMA in Houston, Saif Saud. And I, I understand she's been sparring with Ginny uh, uh, Fry. Okay, so uh, she won the fight, but it was mostly because Estella, who's uh, from Brazil, she's a PRVT fighter, did basically the same thing that she did in her first fight at the UFC, and that's that she uh, started out like a house of fire and then ran out of gas, and then she had nothing left. And, uh, the, cam- the, camp you know, change is, the camp change is ultimately going to help Sam Hughes because the year, when she first started fighting, after her first fight, before it, I said there's things she needs to improve because she's not going to get by on the physicality and the grinding nature that she got by on on the regional level. The athletes are too good. And as we saw, she got bullied and backed up and knocked out and outworked by Tisha Torres. And who is it? Brittany Van Buren, I think. No, but something either, else, but it doesn't matter. But, but so she needs, because she's not a spectacular athlete, a big puncher, and she's not super durable, she needs to be very precise, very high cue, very deliberate in what she does to maximize the physical tool she has. In this fight against Nunez, she might build confidence. It's like, oh, my camp change helped me. You were facing a fighter who can't grapple. Nunez is an explosive striker. She's got power. She's got speed. But even Nunez knows this. She doesn't. She can't grapple, so she has to be careful in what she throws because if she gets taken down, she doesn't know she can get back up. She knows she can't submit nobody, so she has to be careful in what she throws. So she either has to be super careful or she has to take a ton of chances. If she's careful, she gets outworked. She gets worn down, out-wrestled and beaten up. If she takes big chances, she gets out-positioned, taken down, outworked, and beaten up. Until she develops a better sense of grappling and, stri- and wrestling and how to mix her striking in with it, She's never going to get any momentum in the UFC. She needs time to work on her skills so she can maximize that athleticism because just with her athleticism, if she's halfway decent on the ground, if she's a halfway decent wrestler, she can put two or three wins together. She's got more of an upside than Hughes because of her athleticism. Hughes won, but it didn't tell me anything new about her. Estella lost, but it didn't tell me anything new about her. This fight told me nothing, and I don't care if it's a good fight or a bad fight. Do I learn something new and does it change the division? This win did not change the division and it showed me absolutely nothing new about either one of them. I did I did like the way Saif uh, Saud handled it in the court. Oh, he's, he's a good coach. And he understands she doesn't have a margin for error. If you coach athletes, whether it's fighter or, or ball players in my case, the less athleticism they have, the less margin for error they have. You have to stay on their ass because they can't afford to make a mistake. The same mistake Valentina makes, Sam Hughes can't make that mistake. She don't have the power, the size, or the durability to make that mistake. Okay. All three of those fights are up on my blog, so let's move on to Saturday. Now we got something to talk about here, because this Saturday 
the main event of the show is Amanda Limos versus Jessica Andrade. And this is going to be a five-round fight, main event of the show. This is at strawweight. And uh, let's talk about Amanda a little bit here. They're talking about her like she's some young prospect. She's going to be 35 in a couple of weeks, right? Okay, yeah. so she so she's from Power Brazil. She's uh, trains at I think it's called uh, the Majaro Brothers. It's actually the two Alcantara brothers. Both of them used to fight in the UFC. Uh, Yuri Alcantara and his brother uh, Ildemar Alcantara. Ildemar's nickname is Marjano or something like that. And this girl, this girl Amanda, she is a monster. Okay. Now listen, I know she, she got a split decision in her last fight, but that was a that was bad judging. A judge had no business being judging a fight, and plus that fight should have been stopped. Referee reaction to her front kick on Angela Hill was wonderful. and so the fight really should have been stopped. So listen, this is going to be the toughest opponent because we all know how tough Jessica is. But the one thing I will say about it is this: Amanda has a definite size advantage here she's more of a she's more of a size of a flyweight than a than a straw weight and she's like five foot four five foot five or something like that and uh, uh jessica is five foot one so i think she's got a big advantage here and you know i don't know what they're going to do with her if they if she wins this fight if amanda wins this fight they've got to give her a title shot well if amanda wins this fight it's most likely going to be by knockout so she wins this fight and she knocks out Andrade, something that nobody else has done, including Valentina or Rose Namajunas. This well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Not, not exactly true. Zhang Veili knocked her out. Okay, there you go. My fault. Okay. So, so, so uh, one thing I wanted to mention about this is it's supposed to go five rounds. It ain't going five rounds. This is gonna, this is gonna go get done probably in the first round because they, well, they both throw hard. Well, the thing about the thing about it is. Like I said, she's been stopped once by the best fighter in the country. So for the most part, she's taken the biggest shots from the biggest fighters and the best strikers, and she's hung in there. Joanna, Rose, Val- uh, Valentina, um, Chukagian is considered a striker, even though she's not a dynamic one. I would point out that Zhang Veili finished during the first round. Yeah, no, of course. So if, 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 um, if Lemos can repeat that, that sets the table perfectly for a potential a title contender. It's a dominant win over someone who, for the most part, for 95% of her career, has not ever been stopped. That's impressive. Even if one person's knocked her out, if Lemos knocks her out, that's impressive. The problem with this is Lemos has a size advantage, but I don't think that'll bother Andrade as much because Andrade literally came from Bantamweight. She's used to facing bigger, stronger fighters. The question is this. Does Lemos get her out of there early with her power, or does Lemos have a big round like she did against Leslie Smith, and then gas later in the fight because she can't fight, she can't fight a hard two rounds in a row. We know Jessica can fight a hard two rounds in a row. We know Jessica can take power, and even though Jessica's chin has slipped a little bit, if you've also noticed, Jessica's chin, her defense has gotten a little bit better. She gets hit, but she doesn't get hit the same way she hit. You see what I'm saying? So. She's not going to be as available for what Amanda's trying to do. And I don't have any faith that Amanda can fight a hard. I, I just don't think she can do it. We'll see. We'll see. I think it's going to be a firefight, Schwan. 
I, I think so too. But I think it at least gets through the round. But if it gets through the round and Lemos doesn't stop Andrade, I fully expect Andrade to build momentum and pile pile on her from that point on. Okay. The other the other uh, the other fight on here is Macy Barber uh, versus uh, who the hell is she fighting again? I can't remember. Uh, um, hang on a second. Let me pull it up right now. Uh, I forgot her name. Uh, Ramos Rosa Rosa. Yeah, Montana Bella Rosa. Sorry? Montana De La Rosa. Oh, yeah, Montana De La Rosa. That's right. And so I uh, just want to update on both of them. Uh, Macy Barber is now training at Team Alpha Male in Sacramento. She was there for her last fight as well. Uh, she has to get off to a better start, Sean. She got off to a slow start in her last fight. So uh, hopefully they've done something about that. Uh, Montana De La Rosa is now up at um, – uh, uh, elevation in, in depth. So she's training. She's training with um, Raquel Pennington in them, right? But I just don't think she's that good a fighter. Yeah, okay. I, I think she's she's got some grappling skills. She's got some wrestling skills. But her ultimately, she's not super durable. She's not super punishing as a striker. Um, like the, a fighter, a fighter that you have no respect for, Mariana Bueno Silva, got a draw with her. Um, when she when she's faced a better athlete, a uh, Vivian Arejao, she lost against Andrea Lee. She's not a dynamic athlete, but she's a big, strong, active fighter. Once again, Montella, Montana lost. The biggest issue for her is going to be can Barber in, put her physicality on her, and can Barber back her up? If Barber's just going to throw these punches at the air and headhunts, and she's taken down, she's going to get pushed against the cage. She's going to get outworked. If Barbara is able to throw body-head combinations and kick the legs, she'll be fine. All she has to do is push Montana back, and Montana does not like exchanges. Montana does not like getting hit, and she's not very good defensively. You push her back, she'll go back. But if Barbara's just going to be loading up on strikes and, and trying to go for clinches, Barbara's most likely going to get taken down and, and, and controlled and outworked. It just depends on how much how much more discipline and control because that's what's going to determine. Even if she if she can establish her striking, Barbara might take her down. But it's all dependent on if Barbara actually uses a jab, throws leg kicks, combinations to the head and body. That will make this fight an easy fight for. Her. It's an easy fight. All she has to do is stick to a game plan. But Barbara's never been great about that. Well, I didn't like uh, how she started the last fight. So uh, if they made some improvements in that area where they have her be better early on in the fight then I don't think she'll have much trouble with Montana, but if she gets off to a slow start, I don't know. I'm going to hope that's because she was rusty and not really sharp and hadn't fought in a while. So I'm going to, I'm going to cross my fingers and hope that's what it is. Cause if this is a new trend for her, she might never get another win in the UFC again. We'll see. Okay. Those fights are on Saturday. Uh, now Pelator has two fights this weekend. I think they're in Hawaii, right? Uh, tomorrow night, uh, we're going to see, uh, Juliana Velasquez uh, defend her uh, flyweight title against Liz Carmouche. And, you know, I just want, oh, I wanted to mention, first of all, on uh, the Bellator shows, is that if you do not live in the U.S., those shows will be on YouTube. Okay? So, what do you think is going to happen here, Sean? I think Juliana wins. I don't think Liz Carmouche is anywhere near what she used to be. Yeah, I think Carmouche isn't what she used to be. Carmouche, though, is still very experienced. And if you give her a moment, if you're pace on her and attacking her and you slow down half a step or you think, think that she is giving in completely, 
she's going to have moments where she can win and actually end a fight. Carmouche is still one of the more physically stronger and durable fighters. And with her experience, even when she's getting beaten up, she's not taking as much punishment as you think she can. Uh, Juliana's probably more, at this point, she's more, she's got more cardio. She's a much better athlete. She's got a better overall skill set. But like I said, when, when Liz fought Valentina, Valentina didn't open up on Liz for a reason because Liz has a, is a physical threat to her. Juliana's going to give Liz opportunities to get her stuff off, to get takedowns, to land strikes. The question is, once her strikes don't have the effect she wants them to have, is she going to be able to match Juliana's work pace and her physicality? I think the answer is no. But once again, I, I haven't seen Juliana really, really take a lot of punishment the way I, I haven't really seen her take a lot of abuse. I, I've seen her kind of be the boss and kind of dictate terms. I don't see that changing, but if Liz can back her up, we'll have a real fight. If Liz can back her up, it's going to be exciting early and it's going to get really ugly about halfway through the first round. Okay, and on Saturday, we have uh, Chris Cyborg defending the featherweight title against Arlene Blenko. And I just see this ending in the first round. I see Cyborg knocking her out. I presume you see the same. Yeah, uh, Cyborg's got too good a jab. Uh, she's still the better athlete. She's the better all-around fighter. Uh, Blenko's big, strong, and tough, but she's, she's, not, she's not super skilled to me. And that, that gap in skill and athleticism – It'll be exciting for as long as it lasts because Blinkow should be willing to engage and take some shots, but I don't think she has enough to do anything to, to, to Chris. I, I, don't, I don't think she does. And if Chris somehow loses this fight, she because she should never be losing to Blinkow, Blinkow's caliber. Now, this is Chris Cyborg's final fight on her Bellator contract. And as we've discussed before, we both think she's going to go to boxing, that she's not going to resign with Bellator at all. If she wants money, she should. She could win a title in boxing. So that brings me to verbal her, sparring her, between. Quick, one second, real quick. I think her and and her friend Clarissa Shields. I think they have a plan that Cyborg goes in, gets a couple fights, wins a title, and sets up for an exciting super fight versus her friend Clarissa Shields. That's a money maker. Well, that would be okay with me. I wanted to get to the other thing coming around this. We're starting to hear some verbal sparring between uh, Scott Coker and uh, EFL. I don't remember the name of the guy we're talking about here. Coker said today that PFL has not contacted him about doing a fight with Kayla Harrison and Chris Cyborg. I believe that. Why would they? Well, because they're not actually going to do it. That's why. Yeah, they bullshitted I mean, her. They bullshitted her to get her to sign. How about that? Yeah, there's there's no there's no way because no matter what anybody thinks about Chris, oh she's a fraud, she's a fake, she's a phony. She'd still be the best person Kayla Harrison has ever fought, and we have no idea how Kayla responds to getting punched in the face. I don't. I know the grappling. I know the judo. I get all that. Kayla Harrison has not fought somebody who was who was in one light year of her athleticism. Or physical strength. If nothing else, Chris is a great athlete with great physical strength. Kayla is not walking through her PFL, not taking any chances on her getting her doors blown off by Cyborg. I don't. I don't care that Kayla can win it, which I think she can because of because of her skills. But the fact is, Kayla could lose it, and that's what not want. Okay, on this show here, we also have the return of Yolanda McFarland from 
facing Justine Kish. And I guess my question to you, Sean, is this. Does Elena May McFarland still want to be a fighter? Uh, it's hard to tell. I, I think the pressure of being a champion, I think, I don't even know that she thought she was going to be a champion, but her fights, even though even the, the few fights she was in that were challenging, she was just so much better. She had such a broader skill set. She was a better athlete than who she fought. She was never really put in any bad position or really taken any punishment until she fought Juliana. Juliana kind of beat her up. And um, I think that was the first time she had really faced that to that extent in a fight. And it kind of changed her motivation. She's a good enough athlete and a good enough fighter and a well-coached enough fighter that she can go on a three or four fight win streak. Most of the girls aren't good enough to really compete with her. So the only in, time... In, including Justine Kish. Yeah, Justine Kish is a great... Well, she was a great athlete. But the problem with Justine Kish is she relates too much on her athleticism and her size. You heard in her corner, she's not a high IQ fighter. And she doesn't listen to does what she wants. And... It's, it's been what's undercut her as a fighter. She should have had three, four, five wins in the UFC, and she never got to that point because she's not very high IQ. I don't mean a stupid person. She's just not a very smart fighter, and she leaned on her athleticism too much. And once her athleticism started slipping, which it did because of injuries, she was never able to be as assertive or as dominant as she thought she'd be in, when she came into the UFC. Okay. So uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is that last weekend's uh, Ryzen show, Seize Aizawa uh, won the uh, Ryzen Attaweight Championship over Ayaka Hamazaki by uh, unanimous decision. Now, the fight has not yet gone up on their YouTube channel. When it does, we are going to talk about it because I'm going to post it on my blog. But I, I can't talk about it yet because it hasn't gone up. And that's all the other. Anything else you want to talk about, Sean? No, sir. Okay, that's about it, folks. Again, don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. The fights we talk about all go up on the blog the day after they happen. If you have any questions or comments for my blog or my podcast, you can leave them on Anchor's voicemail. And if you would like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do so Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Enjoy the fights. We'll talk to you later.